this is Cynthia McIntosh. And this is Abraham. And we want to welcome you to our new show, Rock and Talk. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the new Rock and Talk show. This is Cynthia, your host, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, Abraham. Hi, Abraham. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. And today we are going to be talking to Frank Palangi. And his tagline, I thought this was fascinating. His tagline is, he's an indie American positive rock recording artist, singer, and songwriter with no plan B. How's that for a line, huh? I think it's pretty cool. So anyway... Welcome to the show, Frank, and I first want you to explain that tagline, because I think it's pretty pretty fun. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me <laughs> on. doing great. Hey, hi, Frank. Welcome. <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh, we're just having a good old time. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, it's like 10 o'clock at night here. It's earlier for you guys, but uh, luckily I'm a night owl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a musician. Most musicians are night owls, aren't they? <laughs> oh, I know. Gotta be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that, that opening statement in my bio there, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, just who I am. You know, all the music and stuff I do you know, all the lyrics and stuff I write about, everything's positive, you know, and it's that's kind of how I want to, you know, be portrayed and all that kind of stuff. So I, the No Plan B came from years and years ago, like from 2007. It was actually, um, I have no plan B in backing down on my dreams. And lately I was like, well, that's that's a good quote, but that's a long thing to put in there. So I just put it down to no plan B. And, and I mean, you have to. If it's this single thing that you want to go out and get and try to achieve something, you just got to go for it, you know? That's true. If you ever give yourself an out, you're going to take it eventually because everything that's worth doing requires a lot of work, and it does get hard sometimes. So if you have a plan B, it's easy to get sidetracked, huh? Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, you start thinking about something else, you know, all the what ifs. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'd be so much easier if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't all have Abraham's energy. I bet you don't even need to worry about that, do you, Abraham? Well, I have <laughs> plenty of things I worry about, and I'm not going <laughs> to disclose those, but... <laughs> Yeah, Frank, you know, I I was thinking that no plan B. I think it said all the rest. When I I just thought it was great. It just spoke about your determination and in a sort of a wild, creative, crazy way. That whole feeding frenzy, I thought that was a great way to start your time, too. That's excellent. So you're creative. That's awesome. He is creative. Well, well I'm Italian, so it's like I love food. So i got to throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Well, Frank, my mother is an Italian-German. How's that for a mix? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you dinners are very interesting. Oh, they are. They are. <laughs> well, Frank, tell us your story. How old were you when you realized you're going to pour your heart and soul into performing art, being a performing artist? And how did you get started? Uh... I'd say the light switch didn't really click on until 2010, even though, I, I mean, I started playing guitar and recording and, you know, playing out a little bit and jamming with guys for, uh, I believe I was in seventh grade. I was like 13 or something like that. And, um, it took me, uh, it took me a little bit, you know, just cause I think you have to learn the grounds and stuff. You have to learn you know, all, not only all the basics of the instruments and the singing, but, you know, how to to play with different people. And then there's the recording world. And the Internet was just starting. I, I remember, like, 2006, I mean, YouTube was just coming up, and I was just kind of getting on the cusp of all that. So there wasn't really any of the – there wasn't Facebook at all. There wasn't um, – there's only a MySpace. So it was kind right, of – um, That was still the MySpace era. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really the digital revolution yet. It was it was getting there. So it's, you know, as I was growing up at that time, that happened. But I was still doing, you know, all the street stuff you got to do and, and whatever. But um, after making, like, two demo albums and I made, like, a, a small two-track EP, I, I met a band called uh, Day of Fire, 
which they're like a they were like Grammy nominated Christian rock band. Uh, they're one of my influences, and I had listened to them for a while. And um, Josh had an older band that was on the Scream Three soundtrack. So to me, this was like beating the equivalent of like Metallica or like somebody like really huge, you know, for in my eyes. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you talk about where. Because I've met singers, I've met bands where you you know you talk to them maybe a little bit, or you try to give them a CD or something. They won't give you a time of day, but Josh really did, and he listened to the CD and he actually forwarded it to his producer, and his producer was in Tennessee. So that's kind of how it all started to roll. And then I got to work with the band, and his producer produced the um, the debut EP, and that's when I was like, okay, now I can really start to take this serious. And then how do I not just make this a hobby, but more of a career. Wow. That's awesome. You know, you're saying about doing, doing this recording. Um, I, I don't know why, but I'm just really curious when you recorded your first album, what, what kind of equipment were you um, using to do that? We recorded at uh, Soundstage Studios in Tennessee. They they had everything there. Um, oh, great. Shinedown flew in. The night after I left to finish, I believe it was the Sound of Madness record, and I was so mad. I was like, oh, my God, if I was only here one more night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things, I think it was, or was it Rodney Atkins? He wasn't really anybody, and, and I was like, I was just wandering around the studio, and I heard somebody mixing a country song, and I was like, who is this? And they're like, Rodney Atkins, he's going to be really big. And I was like, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'd hey, love to hear one of your songs um cynthia what what do we get to hear by by our illustrious guest <laughs> well we were you just you just uh alluded to his tagline that you thought was really cool you just he just uh frank describes his music as and i quote <laughs> a feeding frenzy of gritty raw powerful vocals mixing energetic driving positive rock music and i just that is just uh -oh. that's a major wow isn't it <laughs> we should stop so we're gonna have to fasten our seatbelts and let's rock <laughs> it's freshly fueled with a kick of modern rock and a hint of old school good stuff so we're going to take a listen to one of his songs frank we're going to listen to your acoustic version of break these chains so we're going to listen to it right now and we'll be right back after this Chains that hold you down A skin and bone can't save the pain that's left now The only hope is within yourself Now it's time to face yourself You can break all these chains Save yourself, it's your darkest To fight every little thing that goes wrong. There's a trial drag back in. Break away. You can break all these chains. Save yourself, it's your darkest death. Draw towards the It's undecided the fate you will make.
I saw what this said about the feeding frenzy, gritty, raw, powerful, and then and then when Cynthia said, "Here's an acoustic song," I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh, unplugged." Okay, I'm blown away. That was very very <laughs> cool, man. Uh, great <laughs> Thanks, tune, man. interesting changes, um, and there's stuff that just like comes out of nowhere and and makes itself known. It's just, that was really a lot of fun to listen to. Great job, man. Thanks, man. It's uh. It's definitely what I wanted to go for as far as, like you said, it's like, well, it's not just a guy with acoustic guitar and vocals, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete kind of acoustic, unique kind of version. And, um, I've said this to a whole bunch of people that know me. It's, I have a little bit of a film background, so I kind of like that kind of stuff. So I tried to bring that in with it. Yeah. And you know, I think maybe you've invented a new genre, Screamo Unplugged. But anyway, <laughs> so, so I'm hearing a lot of different ideas that are coming through, but at the same time, it's uniquely yours because of the way you've pulled it together. But, you know, um, give us some insight into, uh, like, what are the influences and, and what in general influences your music and, and your thoughts? Uh, well, Break These Chains, I actually, uh, I made it up on a Thanksgiving. I had... 30 minutes before I had to, you know, go out to eat or whatever. And I just picked up the guitar and it was just one of those songs that kind of half the song just kind of came to me and in, in the general words and things. And, uh, I played it for my parents. And I go, what do, you, what do you think of this? And they're like, that that's pretty cool. Keep working on it. So I, you know, I kept that a little bit on the burner. And then I, um, one of my fans won VIP tickets to see Daughtry, and that was an uh, unplugged thing, only for like 60 people that were, you know, were allowed in. Um, so I went with my fan, and I got to meet Daughtry, and afterwards I was talking to the guitar player, Chris, and he's like, you know, we have a studio and this and that, and he goes, I produce artists and things, and I told him that, you know, they're one of my big influences, and I love to work with them and all that jazz, and... Um, it was like one of those, another one of those moments of um, almost like it brought me back when I first started when I met Josh, and you know he gave me that chance to to go down to Virginia and you know work on that song and you know have him play guitar as well on the record and do bag of vocals and produce it and it was just kind of like one of those dream come true <laughs> type. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's great. So in in general, I mean. You know, you you started per, pretty early with your uh, playing guitar and everything. And what was it that influenced you along the way to get up to this point? Initially, it was uh, bands like Good Charlotte, Green Day, Blink-182. Um, uh, yeah. That lasted very little. And then I, a friend came over and he handed me the CD. And he goes, this is a band called Metallica. And the other CD is a guy called Ozzy Osbourne. I go, okay, <laughs> so let me listen to this. I listen to this, I go, that's the stuff I got to learn to play the guitar better. Because right, in, in right. no offense, in the other songs, there were just power chords and that kind of stuff. But this had riffs and it you know, had everything yeah. in it. So I was like, yeah. and then 80s metal just sucked me in, you know, the 90s stuff with Creed and Godsmack. Breaking Benjamin, you got Three Days Grace, all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, very, very excellent. So, you know, I want to introduce you to a very special co-host here who happens to be a specialist with artist development and 
and as a life coach and she knows that this is a, a tough you know competitive market that and career that you've taken on i know she's got something she wants to dig in with you take it away cynthia <laughs> Yeah, actually, Frank and I have talked a few times. We were on a talk show together a while back on somebody else's show, and we were both guests. Yeah, and that's I remember how that. we met. And then after that, he and I talked about some of the things he was working on and got through some things. But yeah, um, one of the questions I'm always intrigued by, Frank, is uh, you know, the music industry is really tough, it's pretty competitive. And so, as an artist development specialist and a life coach, I'm always interested in the strength behind the music of my guests and what gets them, makes them able to do what they do. What do you think is the biggest thing that empowers you to move forward and, and makes you stick with it and never look at a plan B, as you put it? And, and um, why? What gives you that strength? I think it's my love of creativity. I mean, since I was young, I've always liked to create things, you know, even playing with my action figures, I would try to create different stories and different things and, you know, based off of movies I've watched. And <laughs> so I've always been a big creator that way. And I think it's, you know, transferred over to my music and I don't know. I just, it's kind of a thing where I just can't get enough of it. And then now it's like really a part of me. I couldn't, I couldn't do with, you know, anything without it type thing. And um, I just have so many ideas and so many things that it just clicks, you know, and uh, yeah. I just got to keep sticking with it. Is music the only form of art that you practice regularly? Or do you also um, write, draw, stuff like that? No, I don't draw, but, um, you know, I just, I write songs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't really, uh, per se, practice, like, like I used to, I mean, I'll like learn a new song and I guess you call that practicing or, or working on a new song, but I don't really sit down and say like, I'm going to practice my scales and stuff today. And I kind of yeah. just keep no, rolling with like it. That is, do, you do, any kind of, do you practice any kind of painting or writing as in, you know, anything oh. other than just music, but music is your form of creativity. Yeah, I would say movie stuff. Cause I, I do some movie stuff on the side where they either act or, you know, help somebody out with some stuff, or, or I'll do some um, music tracks for their their movies and that, or just kind of talk general ideas. And so the movies is kind of like my other section of, you know, I can let loose with some things too. Abraham, you have some background in that, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I was doing a lot of music producing and involved in practically living in a studio twenty four seven, and it. it <laughs> eventually grew in expanded into video production and um yeah that they both seem to be very um compatible and they even say that you know musicians make really good often make really really good um video editors so there's an intuitiveness to all that but you know i also know what the challenges were i mean in either case there's always these challenges so you know frank something want to ask you is, you know, what would you consider like one of the biggest challenges or hurdles that you had to overcome? You know, so you're working through your career and, you know, I'm sure that with your experience, you would also probably be able to advise that, you know, some of these hardships, they're not unique to one person. There's some common ones to all this. So what was it you faced that you would consider your biggest hurdle and how did you overcome that? I think a big one, and I don't think any you ever get over it, is, is money. Um, a lot of this stuff just costs money. And for some reason, it just keeps costing more and more and more and more and more money. And you never, um, I hear from a lot of people, you know, it's, it's not really enough. It's not really enough. I mean, I probably still would be making more small films and video editing if I had more money to... Um, you know, finance the right kind of cameras and the equipment, but because I'm, yeah. you know, into my music stuff, I got to dive all the money into there. It's, it's tough because I, 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 uh, I use the word sacrifice. You have to sacrifice certain things, you know, in, in your life to go after what you want and, uh, money wise and things like that, you know, I sacrifice a lot just to pour that back into my career and kind of, you know, to keep it going and, and to keep evolving. Right. So if that's if that's the case in terms of that being one of the biggest, biggest challenges, um, where are you finding 
um, the most, well, I hate to use the word payoff, but okay, if money's, money's always going to be the issue, where is that um, answer in terms of things to do? I mean, I've heard a lot of things. Some people might get a hit record and maybe that feeds them money or a publishing deal or whatever. Uh, a lot of, lot of um, performing artists it's when they go out perform and make sales while they're there and that sort of thing. So in your case, where, where do you find um, a solution to that challenge? Definitely live shows, playing gigs. I, I think that's uh-huh. where you make the most money and, and a lot of artists today. Um, I'm finding the recording stuff is starting to get um, really good because it's, I consider it kind of a, a side thing sort of, but working with, other people and producing their stuff or, you know, they got to just track certain things. Um, right. I mean, that's, that's a great, you know, great source of income and stuff besides music things. But, you know, I, I would say definitely just the live stuff. I mean, you're always selling, you know, CDs and merch and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really, for me, it doesn't amount to what I get paid to like play out and, and that kind of thing. Um, it's it's kind of like you got to be a man of many crafts. I I do a lot of different uh, little things on the side to you know to try to add up to something bigger. You know. Well, money right. aside, Frank, what do you find being what you enjoy the most about your career? What do you like the most? Um, I mean, I I love opening up for national acts and then the feeling of the, you know you got the crowd in front of you and you know you're doing your own songs and. Even like, because I like to throw in maybe one or two cover songs in like, you know, 40 minute set or something. It's just kind of like you can give it so much more energy and you can be um, more of you than doing, you know, cover gigs and they want you there just to play cover songs, you know, or right. just, they just want background music for you to be the jukebox and you, you really don't matter. And the songs you're playing really aren't showcasing your, your style, you know, your specific image and that kind of stuff. And, um, I think that's another thing I have a hard time with is, um, you know, the cover gigs and stuff like that of you lose a little bit of yourself and it's, you know, for me, what I'm, what I'm saying now is that I don't want to do that forever. I'm trying to turn the original kind of national stuff around. So I do that more in the cover stuff you know, less. And, um, you know, it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you, okay. So we talked about what you found to be the biggest hurdle. What do you consider your, now that we're talking about what you enjoy doing and how you've gone through your career, what do you consider to be your biggest success story during your career? Those are always fun to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We always like to talk about our successes. (laughs) Um, I would say my live shows, I, one of my goals is I, I got to open up for three doors down. And, uh, to me, that was kind of like a big live hurdle to say, you know, this is one of the bigger, bigger bands out there. And, you know, I made it to open up for it. You know, the, the, the audience liked it and, you know, it was, it was tough for me cause not especially just getting the gig, but the gig was literally an acoustic thing with just me and them. So it was like all eyes on me, and then they were, you know, next up to play. So if I screwed it up, (laughs) you know, there's no going back. Pressure's Um, on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, that sounds like pressure. (laughs) But I enjoy that pressure. Ever ever since I was a kid, like, I loved getting up there, playing the talent shows, and I feel more comfortable on stage than I do um, standing in a crowd and, you know, I'd have to give a speech yeah. or, or talk to somebody. And uh, huh. What about you, Abraham? Oh, I, I can relate to that, but I'm, I'm sort of the opposite. I love just, I could stand in front of a lot of people and just start talking to them. It's really comfortable for me, but uh, maybe that's how I ended up here as your co-host. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've it's always been a great talking both. to people, you know. It's you, all walks of life, all different, you know. That's sort of the other reason why I enjoy, um, you know, being a musician because I get to talk to so many different people, and you just hear all these different stories and stuff, you know. And yeah, I love sharing people's experiences with them. I mean, they're just everybody's life is so different, and the more you talk to people, 
and learn their stories is just so intriguing. And you can learn from everybody. I don't care who it is. You can learn from a two-year-old. You can learn from a 70-year-old. You can learn from a 170-year-old. You know, just <laughs> it's, people are so interesting. So with that being said, what is your vision for the future of your career as an artist? What do you, what do you uh, think you want to achieve in the next, you know, five years? And what do you do? What's your trick to staying on path to that? to that career path, to that vision? What do you do to keep yourself on track when things get tough? Um, well, really, I would like to open up for more national artists. I'd like to do a national tour. I've actually never done a national tour. I've only did you know, a few dates here and there, or you do a date and you come back. and um, That part of things is so tough with mm -hmm. doing everything on your own. But just, I mean, to stay on track and stuff. You, you just, I just think you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep building up. And I, I, you know, I can see progress here and there and certain things. Like if I, I kind of feel like I would know if I was doing something for a year and it just absolutely had no effect. Um, with me, I just, I keep knocking on those doors and stuff. Like I eventually would like to do just. A official standalone album, um, either with a record company or, or just a bigger, bigger company that would like to put it out and push it a little bit, and you know you could tour a little bit and that kind of stuff. And to me, that's my solid point of not the end of the road, but it's I don't know. To me, it's kind of there with it. You know, yeah. it's like I'm still kind of reaching now. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, it but, always feels uh, good when you can see that you're you're progressing each time you you make a little step. But that's you know as a as a uh, coach and as a artist development specialist, I spend a lot of time with people just making up a blueprint of where they want to be and setting up their goals, so that every day you get to check off something and you know you're a little closer to that. You know, and that that's what makes it fun. It's just knowing you're getting a little bit closer each day, and that vision just becomes more and more of a reality. You know. Yeah. Yep. I never That's built myself like exciting. a checklist or anything before. I kind of just uh, keep it going based off of my personal goals or that kind of thing, right. you know. And so you are ready for your future. And that's going to lead us to your next song. We are going to hear the song, I Am Ready. Yeah. And then you can tell <laughs> us about that song. And we will be back after right after this. Leading the way Not a day has gone by Fighting, staying true So listen close This is my
wasn't unplugged at all. So I was ready this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Frank, uh, are you still with us? Oh, yeah. Oh, great, great. Okay, so um, that was awesome, man. That was totally cool. I, I was just sort of wondering, you know, at first – I don't know. Maybe it was just where I was being thrown around, but I thought I was hearing some uh, some different time signatures going on. Was that just me being freaked out by the power of your tune, or <laughs> what was going no. on? That was great. No, yeah, it's definitely uh, a little different <laughs> in some parts. <laughs> I think the the beginning where the acoustic comes in, you know, that's different than when the music comes in and. Uh, and like the middle part kind of goes back to four four. It's really three four time, but it's like a little swing thing with the drums, and it's yeah, it's a little little bit more intricate, but it's cool. Yeah, mixing <laughs> it up, you know that very interesting stuff, you know. And um, I'm sure you hear lots of comments about your music as as you get around and with uh, other musicians and all of that. Um, so between them and maybe what they say about your stuff and how you look at yourself, what would you say uh, sort of sets you apart from other artists that are out there? Um, you know, it's for me, what I notice is there's not a lot of people doing kind of the specific kind of style. It's, it's either, um, I don't know how to say this. It's either like I know it's a lot of a lot of people I know on Facebook or Twitter. A lot of the bands I follow, they they kind of do period style stuff. And if, if they are trying to do you know newer stuff, it's it's you know heavier stuff or it's metal or I'm I'm still see I'm a big fan of all the classic rock and all that kind of feeling of the the raw intensity of of what it was. And I, I think a lot of the stuff um, with the digital things and all that, it's kind of taken away. Um, a lot of the bands I notice now, it's like they, you've almost had to go a little digital, had to go a little pop because that's what sells more and stuff. And I kind of refuse to do that as, as of now. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing different types of songs if it was like one song a piece, but to be classified as, that to being my sound, you know, I, I probably, I wouldn't enjoy it, you know, and I try to make music that I like to listen to as well. And I feel like it has that feeling in it that I call it the oomph. It's got that oomph. <laughs> yeah. Well, the frenzy you know, of said, gritty, raw, powerful vocals and mixing energetic driving. Po yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And, well, and, it's, it's harder and, for me because I have a bassier kind of voice and a lot of those mm -hmm. singers are higher. So I'm like, there's not really a lot to pull from, you know, as as far as, um, you know, influences and, you know, kind of the ground of how do I do this and stuff. So it's it's a challenge for me, too, I think, vocally, because it's like I, I wish I could hit some of the higher notes and stuff, but I can't. So I, I kind of have to do my own thing. <laughs> well, that actually um, brings up a question I wanted to ask you, Frank. Um, what do you do to get your music out there? How do you market it? Do you use a lot of social media marketing? Do you go by word of mouth? Do you use professional marketers? How do you get your your products out there? And what do you what do you find that works best for you? Yeah, a lot of people, my fans and stuff, they're like, "Oh my God, the way you use social media!" And I, I made sure I started it when um, like seven years ago or so, when it really wasn't. I mean, it was kind of being used, but I really just kind of took it by the wheel and anything I can do. I'm every day for hours. Sometimes I'm always doing something, sending emails and looking up new ways to to do my own marketing and stuff like that. I once in a while I have some other people do some marketing stuff or some street team stuff, but almost everything I do between the websites and the music and the marketing, it's it's all just uh, it's pretty much just me, just everything. Wow, going on, but uh, good for you. It's uh, good for you. Oh, it's you. You keep learning, you know, and so you keep meeting people. And it would be easier, I tell you, if I if I did have a different marketing team, or I still wouldn't be against different people coming in and having marketing ideas and stuff like that. But right. I'll go back to the the money issue here. A lot of those people or those websites out there. They want money first to do the marketing when you don't even know it's going to work, and they're like, 
well, you can't guarantee anything. And I go, I know you can't guarantee anything, but how can you guarantee me that you guys are actually going to do what you're going to do with my money, you right. know, and all that kind right. of stuff. So it's, it goes into that of, you know, and a lot of, a lot of magazines, I was just in guitar world magazine and, um, I've been in it a couple of times and it's just different things, you know, the way that kind of stuff works. It's, mm-hmm. I don't agree with it a hundred percent how you, how you get into there, but, um, you know, I'm thankful and grateful for all the chances and stuff they, you know, they've let me um, do some stuff, but it comes at a cost. I'll say that. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Get some exposure out yeah. of that. I, I, I do have one really quick question because you're mentioning Twitter and and about the different kinds of genres and, and you're not really fitting into an exact category. But my only question is this this description of of what your band is about, does that even fit on one tweet? <laughs> <laughs> the one line no, that she um she said it will <laughs> the yeah, the line. <laughs> yeah but that's like listening to half the tune and we haven't even gotten to the first change yet <laughs> because you've got well, so many going that's what makes you like, want more you gotta be like hey i gotta investigate this further <laughs> yeah yeah no. see the old that's school awesome. day now everybody just wants it they want everything right up front so i like a little bit of you got the teaser trailer you got this other little thing coming out. You just, you know, you just keep throwing them little, I don't know, little pieces of candy till they get the whole candy bar. There you go. Good, good slot. Have you, um, okay, now you said that you'd been in a couple of magazines, magazine articles? Yep, yeah. Did you get a lot of results from that? Was that productive? You know, it's hard because I don't see... Their analytics and I, I mean, I, I can only see the, the interaction part and, um, I can only kind of tell maybe between my sales and kind of the show stuff, if that goes up or not during that time period of, you know, that month or two, or, um, it's definitely, I, I tell you where it does help. It helps with, um, getting new things and adding credits, almost like a resume, like a job resume. Right. I can um, imagine that adding that to your EPK and and when you're looking yeah. at talking to venues, yep. showing, yeah, I can see that. You know, um, some people you say know, it doesn't I've, matter, but it does. Okay. It definitely does. Credit. Yeah, well, I, I think people that you know have dreams of making it, and you know, you being in like a Guitar World magazine would be would be one of those things, and the the benefits would be more obvious. But can you just share briefly with us? Um, how how was it that you were able to get in there? Was it by invitation? Where did somebody promote you to get in? What what's the mechanics of getting that kind of visibility and exposure? A little bit of it's luck. Uh, another part of it is um, the way you sound, what you're doing, and I tell you right now, social media numbers and how many albums or songs you got, who you worked with. That's where the credits, all that kind of stuff comes to play. But really goes back to the old school of doing it yourself, either calling them and really finding out, you know, how to do it and, or emailing them. And, you know, hopefully the person I've gotten people that work for a certain company, they're real sticklers and they'll either get, they'll either leave or they'll get fired or something. And then I'll try it again. And there'll be somebody else that works for them. And they're a little bit more, open to things or maybe they they like that certain type of music better or something like that but um yeah i mean it's just you got to reach out to them you know that's what you got to do and then you have to mm-hmm. you got to pitch it a little bit you know you can't just say hey uh i'm interested in opening or i'm interested in getting in guitar world magazine what do i do right so, so you're knocking on the doors <laughs> you're, you're knocking on the doors you're you're pounding the pavement as they used to say way back when but yeah okay very good so a lot of it's leads, digital now. So I want to ask a question call. then. Um, when you when you had that experience with with the media, did you find what was your experience like? I, I'm just curious. I mean, were they pretty fair to you as far as what you said as it came out? Did they? It was your image and what you wanted to portray. Did it come out correctly, or did you find that it added? Because I know that. To you, it's very important to be true to yourself, and you live a. Sp- you don't let it affect your lifestyle. You, you're, you know, you've got your lifestyle that you hang on to, and you don't let the industry get in the way. Yeah. Was there yep. any kind of a 
tug one way or the other when you start getting involved with magazines, just out of curiosity? Not really. I haven't had anything um, like that because I've been kind of lucky because they always ask and request for whatever photos you want. Um, what do you want in there as far as, like, um, the general theme? And then, you know, I usually send them whatever my current bio is and stuff. And they'll, I'll ask, I'll go, before this comes out, can you send me what you're sending out just so I can make sure, like, all the links and stuff are right because there's been bigger publications that like screw up one little letter or something in your link then it doesn't work and right I've, yeah. I've been lucky that way you know i haven't um really got anything where they kind of said something that i'm not you know maybe maybe once or twice like maybe more in a radio interview like they kind of advertise me as a certain way and not really that way, but <laughs> well, I hope we did, well, hey, I did it verbatim. I read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me, I called him I said, unplugged. And I quote. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's unplugged. Oops, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna play your next song, and it's called "Set Me Free." And so we're gonna play that song, and then I want you to tell us a little bit about that, how that song came about. Oh, oh and, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we will, we're going to play Set Me Free, and we'll be back right after this. I know I'm a good man. Lost in their space You can lock me up Left without a trace Yeah, baby, get away I don't need your cure Take away the face I can't, I can't Go Yeah, you almost lost everything Trapped in the dark Where there is no hope Turn back the time And I'll believe done with that song and that song is done with me <laughs> oh man another 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 punch punch to a new part of my brain i didn't even know was there that was great <laughs> Frank. set I, me free yeah. yeah what's the story behind that song 
Well, I tell you, this song is my first produced and mixed song that I did myself, and I did a lot of the recording for it as well. Um, all the other ones, uh, besides maybe a few like two side demos I released, were all with different producers, and I go... I kind of was a little bit down on money and this and that, and I go, you know what? I go, I think I know enough where maybe I can throw my hat in the ring and see where it goes. And, uh, you know, I think I think it pulled off pretty well. I know the, the music video just released on Vivo, and everyone's uh, really digging that. And um, so it's... Uh, it's cool, you know. I got I got Lester. He drums for uh, Kelly Clarkson. He's drummed for my stuff for a while. And um, Brian didn't produce this song because I really wanted to work with him again. He, you know, he did some guitar and stuff in the song, um, but I kind of felt like um, you know this is my chance to kind of put my foot down, you know, and just just say you know let's let's do this, you know let's. I'll enter because when you enter the mixing ring, you know you're being compared with I don't know who, you know, a lot of different people. So I haven't really been involved with that side, you know. And it's sometimes it can be um, I don't know, overwhelming, especially when you're like, you know, you're trying to make it somewhere and you're comparing your stuff to Three Days Grace or whatever, and it's like, you know, does it hold up? That's my question, you know. And I, th- I think with that one. Um, I hit it the best I could with everything I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. And and generally speaking, the theme of the tune—I mean, it says "Set Me Free." Um, anything you want to give as far as uh, insight into into the tune and it, what it's what it's about? Love to know. Yeah, for the there's kind of two meanings for the video. It's you got this you know musician that is ready to sign the worst contract of his life and he, he signs <laughs> it and you know if they take over him and he's got no say and they're controlling him um there's one clip where i'm drowning you know i got my face submerged in water and stuff like that and it's just like uh and but i want to break out of it you know and and um as far as the song meaning it has a little bit to do with that but it's it's the ability of not being controlled, the ability of, you know, you could control me, you can throw me down in the dirt, you know, as I say, you can, you know, step on me, crush me and stuff, but I'm almost like the Terminator. I'm still going to come back. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great. um, Yeah, you know, that's where that goes. If you, what would be the strongest message that you would like to share with a young artist that's finding their way into this jungle of music of the music industry. What would you tell them? Would what would be your biggest word of wisdom? I would say focus on your songs, the songwriting, pay attention to, you know, the production. If you were the band, really make sure you guys are on the same page. Um, make, make sure all the way. ideas yeah, and the visions yeah. are there and where you want to go, you know, because I know sometimes you get something really good going and one guy's like, maybe he didn't want to go there. He didn't, didn't want to go that far, he, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, that'd be very important. And the other importance is, is you know, uh, social media and stuff like that. You know, be open to, you know, I know it's a pain. It is, I, I got to admit, it's a pain in the butt to uh, <laughs> manage all these social medias and the streaming websites. But you really got to keep your eye out there and open up every single one and you know keep them all up make profiles interact with people and just you know pay attention to your fans and and you know talk with them and all that kind of stuff yeah it's really important great point well we're just about out of time but i wanted to give you a chance to um give our listeners a place that they can go online to get in contact with you so why don't you give us your contact information your website Facebook and all that so that we can keep in touch with you and keep track of your career. Sure. If you guys just head over to frankpalangi.com, that's P-A-L-A-N-G-I for my last name. That's kind of the hub. Um, from there, I mean, you do a Google search, anything, you'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. All my music's on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and Google Play all that jazz uh, videos on vivo if you guys go to vivo you like watching videos there um 
You know, and as I say every time to anybody, feel free, anybody hit me up, send me a message, send me a comment. You know, I like I like to communicate back and forth and talk with people and see what's going on. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great, well, thank great. you so much for being on the show. Did you have any other questions, Abraham? No, I just really, really great to have you on the show, Frank. Great to meet you and to talk with you and really appreciate that you took the time and uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners that are tuned into this show will be getting a lot out of you being there and I, I loved your music. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I always, uh, I like feedback. That's why I tell a lot of people because I'm, I'm always interested in what you got to say, you know, and, um, well, good, 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 good or bad, feedback, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks again for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Frank. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. it, guys. Hopefully we'll do this again in the future here. And uh, you got I know it. this show is just starting up, so hopefully, you know, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, you'll get to be able to say, you were on the show when. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Goodbye, Frank. So, Abraham, what did you think? So, Cynthia. Oh, that was awesome. I've got this grin on my face, ear to ear. Really great guy. Great music. Um, He's a real deal. I just thought that was awesome. I thought you enjoyed his music. Yep. Yep. I want to hear more. I think a lot of people are probably saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. He's great. Yeah. So, so well, thank we, you so much. I had a good show. It was fun. So, <laughs> okay. Thank you guys. We're out of time and we will see you here next week on the rock and talk show. You've been listening to rock and talk with Cynthia McIntosh and co-host Abraham. See you next week. 